welcome into another episode of Hockey Row. Today we got a very esteemed guest, Corey Pronman from the Athletic, talking all things NHL draft. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I've been reading all your stuff coming out, pumping content daily. Are you still in Buffalo? Uh, no, uh, I'm back home now. There, but uh, it was a good couple of days there in Buffalo. Uh, you know, the first NHL wide event we've had now in several years, where the you know you kind of had a some glimpses of that in various tournaments. Uh, where a lot of people showed up but this is the first time the whole league was actually together so it was a pretty cool thing to see uh and, and hope we'll see it again in a few weeks yeah i'm sure it was nice to get back with your fellow colleagues fellow scouts and, and executives and kind of talk some shop and, and be a part of some normalcy again uh when it comes to that kind of thing but let's get started here your first mock draft came out a little bit ago uh and you and you mocked yuri kulich to to the la kings can you give listeners a, a kind of view into his game and why do you think he'd be a good fit for the prospect pool that the Kings are building? Yeah, Coolidge is a guy who was on the rise uh, following his U18 World Championships around the league. Uh, just, you know, not like a huge guy, but I think he's around six foot oh. He skates quite well. He's very skilled. He can make plays, uh, scored a lot of goals in that tournament and scoring goals in, in ways that look really attractive in terms of being able to pick corners and Looks like it has an NHL type of shot. Um, I think he's a competitive player too. He can, I don't know if he's going to be like a penalty killer in the NHL, but I think he can win battles and he, and he gives a good effort and just has a lot of dimensions that will, I think, translate to being a good pro. He was a good pro this season in Czechia. And I, I just think this is a guy who will probably go somewhere in the teens and that's where they're picking right now. Yeah, he looks like an interesting, uh, you know, the Kings have a lot of centers. Obviously, centers can go to wing, but to have a pure winger and, and a, a skillful player, um, he yeah. seems to be a guy that could maybe, you say, like middle six to top six? Yeah, I think that's uh, a reasonable potential. Yeah, he might be a center. He might be a wing. He's played both. Uh, and, you know, just because what you mentioned in terms of the, the Kings, I mean, they have so much young depth at every position. It's, it's hard to say they need a center. They need a defenseman, even though you – you always want more of both of those things, but uh, you know they have a lot of depth at every position right now. Going into two of the most, uh, you know, maybe least predictive players in this draft, you know, for the Russian predicament, both Daniela and Ivan are both risk for their own different reasons. Um, if you were Rob Blake, would you take a chance on one of these guys if they fell to 19, being that our prospect pool is so deep? You're talking about Daniela Yurov and Ivan Morosnachenko, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a debate that a lot of teams are having, not just the Kings, but a lot of teams picking in the teens and the 20s are having debates. It's not just a GM thing. It's something they got to bring to their ownership. And and uh, and I think those discussions, from my understanding, are still happening across the league. Uh, but I think it's absolutely a conversation you have to have, given I think most teams I talk to think that both of those Russian wingers are top 10 players on pure talent. And it kind of reminds me of the 2010 draft where you saw Vladimir Tarasenko go around 16 to St. Louis. It was a trade up with, from, from the pick with Ottawa. And then you have Gedi Kuznetsov go in the 20s. Um, I, and both of them were highly esteemed prospects going into that draft. I think there are teams looking at this situation and obviously Mirosachenko is much more unique. I mean, I f you obviously feel for the, for the player. He has diagnosed, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, still going through his battle with cancer right now. So a bunch of variables teams have to consider with Mirosachenko, but especially with Yurov, um, it, it presents a unique opportunity, but it's, it's you know, can you tolerate the risk factors? Can you tolerate whether there will be issues getting him a visa? Can you tolerate potentially him signing an extension in the KHL? Uh, those are all variables that 
teams have to consider in the lead up. But I think if you're picking at 19, like the Kings are, I think those guys are absolutely in the conversation and you need to have those conversations with management and ownership. Yeah. With uh, to plug your recent article, you wrote an article about the highest potential and Ivan was number five on that list. What do you really see in his game before he was diagnosed with cancer? Oh, I mean, he's, he's, he's an awesome player. There's just, there's just so much in his game that, that looks like an NHL player. He's six one. He can skate well. He's got great skill. It's not just the flashy skill. This guy plays hard. He wins battles. Uh, he can get to the net. He, you know, you know, there's a little, you know, physicality. He can, he can hit guys and he's got a real legitimate shot thread. He can score from the dots uh, consistently played well versus men up until he started kind of slowed down probably because of the symptoms he was suffering from the cancer and, uh, and, you know, just I think last season at the U18s, he was one of the best forwards there. He was one of the best players at the Klinka Gretzky uh, this summer. I And I just I just think there's just so much in his game that looks like a, a pro, a guy to be a top of the lineup winger. Um, you know, it's just it's obviously just so unfortunate what happened to him. And we're, and we're all hoping for the best for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You had your second mock draft 2.0 come out um, and you had the Kings picking Rucker uh, McGroarty here uh, from the national team development program. Kings are not shy on taking those players. Alex Turcott, five, fifth overall, and then a U.S. born player and Brock Faber in the second round. What do you see in his game and why did he move up maybe in, in your mock draft uh, to where the Kings are picking at, at 19? Right. If he probably reminds me less of those two, it probably reminds me more of Cali, to be quite honest, just because he's got the the goal, the skill and the goal scoring, but, but lacks the skating kind of like Artie was. Although I think, unlike Artie, I think this guy's compete level is, is, is really high. And that's why I think despite the skating issues, he's going to go in the first round, just because I think teams are so impressed by, by the work rate to go with the offense and um, yeah, I think this is a guy who just continued to impress all season as U18 World Championships. I thought he was, he was some of his best hockey all season, so ended the season on a high note. Uh, he was he was the captain of that very talented NTDP team, and he and he showed it by by how he plays on the ice. Uh, like I said, the skating with him has always kind of is always gets kind of wonky. So that's the one thing teams around the league are, are looking at and wondering. But I think. I, I think right around that spot on the draft, right around the 20 spot, which is where they're picking it. I think that's where the this conversation has got really serious with this player. And uh, I think he's a guy that would, that would make a lot of sense for them. Yeah. It might, it might get Kings fans excited to know that you compared him to Tyler Toffoli. How do you, how do those comparisons view for you guys? Right. Cause, cause Toffoli was a guy who was really skilled goal scorer competes well, but he fell to the second round in, in his draft year. Uh, due to the skating concerns. And it's possible that McGordy gets a little bit lower than where I haven't projected right now just because of the feet. Um, but but that's just a guy who, who came to mind. And um, I, I think that, and obviously people are not doubting that Toffoli should have been a first rounder, if not a high first rounder, if you redid that draft. Yeah. I think, you know, seeing the power play concerns, and obviously you don't draft for need at the NHL level, but, you know, an elite scorer that, or the elite shot, you can never have too many of those in the pipeline and hope that in hopes that one hits uh at, right. at the big league level right and he would probably be more like kind of a net front bumper type guy on an nhl power play you know whereas a guy like you know like Artie or or quinton are probably you know more on the flanks mm-hmm. so let's go back to your article that you wrote today about the highest potential players there was a couple that i saw that you had uh you know ranked more to- in the 30s but the potential was really high one was yanni uh nyman uh left winger out of mestis and they, you had him close to the top 10 as far as potential that you've been hearing from sources and executives, but you have him ranked outside the first round. What is what is the high polarizing nature of this prospect? 
Yeah, just I think there's well, first the things you like about him. He's a big winger. He's really skilled. Uh, he can score goals. He can make plays. Uh, he scored. He played on kind of a. He was in Mestis, but he wasn't on a great Mestis team. And I think it was one of the, the, the lower seeded teams in that league. But he still scored a lot. I don't know. If that, I forget off the top of my head. It might have been close to a point per game, but still quite impressive versus men. Be it wasn't in Liga. Um, but the reason why I don't have him as a first rounder is I thought his performance was quite inconsistent this season. Uh, some games you really liked him, some games he wasn't as noticeable. Uh, his skating's just okay. The competes average, but there's a lot of tools there. And he's really young too. I think he's like a July 2004 birthday. It's only about a, you know, two months away from being eligible for next year's draft class. Uh, so you're, you're hopeful there's going to be some, some projection there. You hope that he after he puts in a good summer, shows up to Liga next season, and, and looks like a real player. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't go to bat for him in the first round. If I had a high second, that still might be a little high for me. But I think once you get to the mid second, I think there's not going to be a whole lot of players left with that kind of potential. Yeah, I was looking at it, and the Kings went with a with a quality over quantity last season, trading up multiple times, and he it kind of piqued my interest as a, as a player for the Kings to maybe move up in the second round and, and take a chance on. Yeah, I think that guy makes a lot of sense uh, in that regard. I think I had a couple other centers there, Philip Bystead, Danny Jilkin, who I had marked as second rounders um, on my list. But I, well, Bystead might actually go in the first round from what I've heard. But I think both of those guys make sense as well in the same vein as Neiman. Coming down to the players that always fall. I mean, you look at Jasper Wallstead fell last season, and it happens every year. May, who's some guy that you're high on in the first round, you know, maybe in the top 12 or? you know, top 14 there that might fall down to the Kings that it should be a no brainer pick for them. If, if that, if that gets to that point. Yeah. I mean, we also talk about the Russians and there are unique variables, geopolitical variables, geopolitical variables, sorry. And, uh, and in terms of Marisachenko health variables um, in terms of just pure talent, um, I think there's, I'm not guaranteeing these things will happen. You're asking just my opinion on things I'm hearing from around mm -hmm. the league. Uh, Brad Lambert is one who I, I think, I'm not sure. He, I don't know if he's going to get to 19, but I think there's just some there's some hesitancy around the league with this player that I think there's a possibility he can start to fall just because he didn't. Even though he's a fantastic skater and has offense, he just didn't really have a good season, and uh, I think there were just some concerns around the league in terms of how his season went. And I really think both with the Winnipeg Ice kids, I think the love kind of fell off with them as the season went on. Those being the center Connor Geeky and winger Matthew Savoy. I guess he's a center winger, but people really think he's a winger in the NHL. Uh, again, I'm not saying either of them will get to 19. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't say that right now, to be quite honest. But I think there's enough of uh, you know some concerns on both of them, at least being top 10 guys right now around the league, that I think those are potential guys you can start seeing going lower than where we thought they would have gone three, six months ago. Is it a case for you with Brad Lambert being that he had such a good world championships last year and again this season that it might be a little bit of overscouting or is it a lot of the movement of him playing for multiple teams that maybe put some doubt in the scout's eyes? Uh, he just didn't have a good he, – he, he had three good games this season. Those were, the, the, those were the World Junior games. He just didn't play well this season. It was just a matter of – you know, you watched him in the skating, looks like really flashy, and he's circling guys, but he just didn't – you know, you watched – I watched plenty of those JYP games because him and Joachim Kamel were on the same team for the, in, playing in that first half, and he just wasn't making much of an impact. It was, it was just – you know, that's just the fact. And, yeah, you know, you had high expectations what you saw at the World Juniors two seasons ago, what you had seen at, in – he, when he was playing against men the previous season, he scored at a, a significant level for a guy who was a year removed from his draft and always played ahead of his age group with U18s, U20s. It just, it, 
I, I didn't I think you could have expected him to maybe hit a little bit of a wall versus men just because of the way he plays. Where you know I think there needed to be a little bit more of an interior game with him, but it's just fair to say I invite any reasonable expectation that he just did not have the season that I think a lot of people expected out of him. And you know, compared to say Yo Kim Kamel in the same league, it just wasn't it wasn't close, especially especially given they played on the same team. Um, so that, that's just where I think the the downward momentum is coming from. Well, thank you for coming on today. We got one more question for you. And I know that the second round gems can obviously make a team. You have Arthur Kaliev, we have Brock Faber that are highly touted prospects within the Kings organization. Right. Where do you feel like there could be some players that you have ranked maybe as first round grades that could fall into the second round or just some gems in general that Kings fans should be looking at? I, I think usually the like, smaller wingers tend to be guys who are candidates to fall. Uh, just based on history, teams tend to prioritize centers and defensemen. So a couple of wingers that I think could potentially get into the second round that I really like are, are the Moose Jaw winger, Jagger Furkus, and the Slovakian winger, Philip Meshar. Um, both are guys. Meshar has great speed and goal-scoring ability. Furkus also is a, is a guy who's, who can who can shoot the puck really well, has fantastic skill and hockey sense, and was a big part of that Moose Jaw team success this season. And uh, I think those are two guys that if they were there early day two, uh, would be guys I'd be passionate about. Nice. Well, thank you, Corey. Appreciate you coming on today and taking some time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy. Multiple articles coming out all the time and, and uh, you know, 200 plus comments in each one of your articles that you got to respond to on The Athletic. Uh, do you <laughs> I, have any I, new art? <laughs> I try not to respond to those, to be quite honest. That's <laughs> um, do you have any new articles coming out that you want to plug uh, that people should be looking out for on The Athletic? Oh, yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot coming. Uh, so you said we had the a mock draft yesterday that was from uh, just my, my own personal mock draft. And we had the upside list. Uh, we're going to have a best tools list coming out next week, basically best skaters, hands, hockey sense, uh, et cetera. Uh, and we have plenty of other uh, types of rankings, mock drafts uh, coming over the next few weeks. Well, take a look out for that. He is on The Athletic. It's uh, very inexpensive to go get some premium content for all the, your sports needs. Uh, as you see, scrolling across the bottom, his Twitter handle, at Corey Pronman on Twitter. Uh, follow him for any articles that are coming out. And uh, appreciate you coming on, uh, Corey. Yep, sure. Thank you. Thanks.